Hello and good morning, FELTJ here, bringing you the quick analysis of Spurs to Chelsea nil. We look at how Graham Potter yet again put up another unpredictable formation for a short while handling Spurs relatively well before Spurs' individual strengths of their forwards as well as their midfielders crucially came to the fore. Spurs, whose 3-4-3 continues to chop and change based on form as well as injury, continued to have Hoiberg with Skip alongside him while Richarlison started as the left forward alongside Harry Kane while Kuliseski was all isolated on the right side. Compared to the new partnerships that started to appear last game week, here we saw Richarlison take up extremely close positions with Kane as the main feature of their gameplay. This had two effects. Number one, it meant that centrally, Kane and Richarlison actually made a lot of plays releasing players out wide. Usually this would be Perisic as the wingback, but here Ben Davis kept his place as well, was the main beneficiary of these Kane switches from central midfield to out wide. Now, while the center creates the right side shoots, this is where Hoiberg in particular, actually drifted to the right side to work with Emerson Royale as well as Kulusevsky making decoy runs for the winger. Kulusevsky himself, once again, chose his moments to either dribble at opponents from the right half space or make his way down the byline to instigate counters or at least change in pace by releasing players such as Emerson Royale down the flanks. Now what happened across the match was that Richarlison and Kane showed their partnership relatively well, playing in various players but ultimately not really having any result. It was the start of the second half where Kuliseski, after finding his feet in the first half, finally came good in their first attack of the second, creating Skip's goal. The refreshing thing here was that Spurs, for the first time, actually faced pressure being under siege against this Chelsea side rather than comfortably cruising to a boring 2-0 win as they showed against West Ham last game week. For FPL purposes, this makes things extremely intriguing because Spurs usually suffer from the longevity of their attackers not lasting 90 minutes. So let's turn our focus to the FPL potential of Harry Kane. Harry Kane, while extremely influential in the first half, maintained a creator role, basically only taking one shot himself in the first half. In the second, he continued to be a threat, but mainly on set pieces rather than trying to push forward on the counter. This was very different compared to when Son came on against West Ham last game week. So despite having the same 11, Spurs had vastly different mentalities. And really, you can pin it down to it being based on opposition. Now, the conversation around Harry Kane really is about whether you can match or beat his score given his high price tag. Richarlison and Kulusevsky will no doubt be names that will be touted over the next few weeks, but without a double, really it's just about ensuring that you have a slot up front that will consistently deliver you 6 points or more. At the moment, Richarlison did not display the same shoot on sight tendencies that he did against West Ham, so really we have to assess after one more game if number one, Spurs retain this current starting 11 and number two if Spurs will exhibit the same mentality given the same game state.
Chelsea. After upsetting the balance of the side by trying to play two ball players in the form of Enzo and Kovacic in central midfield, this time their 4-2-3-1 went back to basics as Ruben Loftus-Cheek anchored Enzo Fernandez while attempting to release the creativity of our million dollar man Joao Felix financially, supplemented by the selfless Kai Havertz, the relatively incisive Raheem Sterling and the unpredictable Hakim Ziyech on the right flank. The immediate partnership that we looked forward to was the Kai Felix one and they did have some chances in the opening stages prior to Spurs taking over the game. But really as soon as Spurs reacted pushing aggressively up to those two forwards we saw the midfield come more into play where Enzo Fernandez himself got into several decent shooting positions ultimately failing to find the likes of Raheem Sterling when Kai and Felix were marked out. Now, let's examine how Chelsea reacted to being 1-0 down. In this particular case, first and foremost, the fullbacks were the most involved moving forward as Ben Chilwell worked with Raheem Sterling decently well, but really the pressure was all on the right side as Sterling attempted to overload the right side by being a centre forward himself working with Enzo Fernandez as well as Rhys James. Sadly, this scuppers the potential of Joao Felix as Felix thrives best when he runs behind defences rather than coming short to dictate play. Now what we're looking for is longevity where Joao Felix was the sole survivor of Potter's rotating substitutions bringing the likes of Kai Havertz off and such but more importantly was that Potter's approach philosophically depended on individual qualities and moments of brilliance when the going got tough. Now for FPL purposes, this basically puts Joao Felix on the spotlight, waiting for, with bated breath to see whether Joao Felix can benefit from a Graham Potter system or will he just shine based on his individual talent. At the moment, with Kai Havertz playing the facilitator role making space out wide, the unfortunate thing here is that none of Chelsea's forwards can finish. So the question really is not about system, but rather which player can individually find their shooting boots first because Chelsea have created and implemented multiple systems that have forged various partnerships that bring the ball into the attacking third really well. and. Every time it falls to the feet of Noni Madueke, David Fofana, or even Kai Havertz himself, they've just failed to finish their big XG chances. And really that has been the downfall of Chelsea's results so far. Having examined the few Tottenham fan accounts before this game, it was interesting to note that they generally subscribe to the superstition that Chelsea are a really tough side to beat. No matter what the form, it seems like that superstition is all but banished now as Spurs overcame Chelsea with relative ease, taking the lead without much glamour and extending the lead without much fuss. At the moment, the counter-attacking strategy combined with the reduced intensity without Song Hyo-min probably has reduced these big moments in terms of chances and that probably works to their advantage as well given the industry of Harry Kane and the 
all-roundedness of the rest of his colleagues. This is FPL Teacher who will bring forth the review of Arsenal for Everton Nil up next.